Cool. And okay. <laughs> Ricky, I love the way you're dressed right now. <laughs> Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Did you do this on purpose? Did you just keep it on purpose? Yes. Okay. I, I, I didn't know if you just got out. I'm blue shirt thing. guy. <laughs> you are blue shirt guy. All hey, right. hey, hey. I just leveled uh, up. I just leveled up. We better be recording right now. Oh, we are. Let's go. Yes, I have my coffee with two creams and one sugar. This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 50, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checker with yours truly, Dr. Rowe. We have our review of Ryan Reynolds, Free Guy. And then we have our top billing draft of the best rom-coms featuring a very special guest, Peyton Olechna. That is right. The sister to Ricky Flicks and Dr. O will be joining us for Top Billing today for our 50th episode. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 50th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Fellas, episode 50, 5-0. I'm looking at both Ricky Flicks and Nez for the first time in a long time at the same time, and they both look fabulous. Fabulous. We got Nez sporting a throwback Knicks jersey. Oh, not a throwback? R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. And then we have Ricky Flex dressed as free guy himself, Mr. Blue Shirt, both looking stellar. Thank you, so I, 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 think, I think this is where we got to start off. First off, we have, to say, we have to welcome back Nez. Nez, how are you, bud? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm, it feels so good to be back. Uh, off of uh, my little hiatus, um, I'm excited to be here, uh, ready to talk. You know the latest movie news, and guys. I have, uh, I do have something to tell you. I, um, I know I mentioned it, but uh, on a past podcast with, with the intention of doing it, but I must say I think I'm about five seasons deep into The Sopranos right now. Let's wow. absolutely go. crushing it! Absolutely crushing it! I think there was one Sunday. I think I went through season two in one day. It's addicting. It's an addicting show. It's it so good. It's uh, good. So, so you left, are you at the end of season five or where, where are you at right now? I'm not. I, I think I'm like in the beginning of season five. Okay. So you basically wow. have a season and a half to go. Yeah. Here, yeah. Buckle up. It's going to get crazy. Oh, oh, no. That's what people have been saying since the first season. They're like, oh, just wait. You haven't even seen anything yet. It's just I think it's the level. It, it has its own levels. It just every season just gets hit something different and on Jeez. a crazier scale. Let us not forget what Nez promised us. He promised that he was going to watch The Sopranos through before The Many Saints of Newark. That is a followed-through prophecy right there. So, and Nez, committing to the grind. I much love ahead it. of schedule Go. as well. We're in the middle of August, and that movie doesn't come out for another two months. I think uh, we should have a uh, Sopranos review podcast, and we just, like, give out superlatives, discuss the show and whatnot. Dude, what I think... think? Yeah, I might just start. I might watch season five and six, and then we just review right after. Or we do a season five <laughs> review, then a season six. I'm so down. I don't know why, Doctor O, but you're giving me big, 
big Artie Bucco vibes. I think it's because the hat is, is hiding your hair. It look, kind of oh. looks like, you know, you're bald down the middle. Are you kidding me? That's I, not I a compliment. Go, I, I'm going to have to go backwards. The, like that, <laughs> that, that is disgusting. That's a disgusting comment. That's, that's some way to start the podcast. That's a big one. He was one of my favorite characters for like the first couple he comes, seasons. Nez takes a little like couple episode hiatus, comes back on the show, first three minutes to come and the doctor Hardy Bucco. Dude, I don't know if I can recover from this for the rest of the episodes. <laughs> He's not brutal. that bad. Dude. Unless I'm just no, looks wise. Hardy Bucco. Oh, man. Man. I, I I do have the hair. I do have the hair. I'll show the YouTube. You have I hair. Have you have hair. hair. It was with the yes. hat. With the hat, where like you know, <laughs> where and it looks then like, like kind I'm... of the baby face a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do look like I'm bald if I do that. Uh, okay. And then, uh, I boys, I also want to say, uh, I had to tell a story. I want to tell a story because I gave it to Ricky Flicks uh, a couple days ago, uh, and I'm gonna tell Nez here and tell all the listeners. It's the most outrageous scenario I've been in in a long time. So. I had the side gig where I do a, a dine, like a, like a Uber eats type of business where I deliver food from restaurants to like upscale homes, right? Like or upscale restaurants to homes. So it's a nice gig. I get paid hundred percent of tips. It's awesome. So I'm in the car basically for five hours, driving around, eats up all my gas. And the thing is I stop at this one gas station all the time. This is my go-to gas station. I have to get water, snacks, combos, uh, and, if I, and it, more importantly, if I have to use the bathroom, I can't just be going to all these restaurants and like, okay, I got to use your bathroom and then grab their food and bring it to these customers. All right. So this is my go-to gas station. I walk in, right. I would say it was Saturday morning. I go in, purchase some snacks, purchase a big, big water. Cause I know it's going to be 95 degrees outside. Then I ask the person behind the register, Hey, can I use your bathroom? And usually he says, yes. Usually he says, yes, there's like a COVID sign in the bathroom, like bathroom is closed, but he, I'm the exception because I'm a special customer. I go there all the time. I ask him this Saturday and he says, no, he says, no. I'm like, what, why? Like, what's going on? He goes like, you know what you did? He said that to me. He said, you know what you did? And I'm like, no, I honestly don't. What's going on? And then he goes, you pee on top, you pee on top. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, 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 I got pee. I, I missed. I missed. The, I missed the bowl. I'm like, he's like, no, you pee on top. He was accusing me of putting the seat down and peeing all over the top of the toilet. What kind of animal would do that? And I had a good relationship with this guy. Like, we're, we're like boys. Like, I see him all the time. And then I erupted. And he erupted and it was an all out screaming match. Cause I said, why would I do this? Why would I do this? No one else in the gas station at this point. And he said, you know what you did? You know what you did? I'm like, no, I don't. I would never do that. Who guy, what kind of person does that all out back and forth. And then as I'm leaving, I said, you've lost my business. I will never go to this gas station again. Sayonara. And then the guy was just, I guess, fine with it, but it was just the most ridiculous accusation I've ever been a part of. And I, I will, as as a moment of solidarity, I will never go back to this gas station because of that accusation. Wow. So, so the lid was on. So like you, like there's, you bring, you put the seat down and then you have the toilet bowl seat down as well. And someone just didn't bother to put the lid up. Not, not just the seat, but also the like actual literally lid. the top of the toilet to cover the toilet seat. And I, someone he, just, he was accusing me of just peeing all over it. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah, that's, 
That's a new one. I, I, I think I didn't understand that when you were telling me the story. I thought you just the guy was just accusing you of peeing on the seat, uh, the the, you know, the the lid, not the lid, but the actual seat, no, the top but of the, it. the lid. I've yeah. never been so insulted in my life other than the fact that Nez called me Artie Bucco in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> well, hold on. If you're the exception, right? Like that means there's a very few amount of people right. that use that restroom. Does he, he says no to most people. Yeah, it's a sign on the door. Like I have a good relationship with that with that guy because I say, hey, I buy something. Hey, use your bathroom. He's like, yeah, of course. Like good relationship. And then this happened. So somebody had to have done it. Um, and I don't know. I'm guessing he must be real. Must feel really confident that it was you. Yeah. I've never seen someone more confident. I've never seen someone more That's confident. Not good. He was not backing down. He was not backing down. But I was just like, even if I was like, I had. I, there's been no um, ill will between me and him well there's been nothing wrong that's happened that all of a sudden he's accusing me of just peeing all over the top of the toilet the top of it so if i were you just i guess at first off actually what time of the day was this at morning saturday morning saturday morning it's not like i was like one of I, uh, it's not like it was like a late weekend like had a couple drinks and I had to use the bathroom peed all over it I, i'm working for a delivery service i'm wearing the shirt and you and you took your stuff like your water and whatever your your snacks you took it. No, I left them on the counter. You left them on the, on the counter. counter. Yeah, yeah. I leave them on the counter. I say I, I, I buy them. Say hey, can I use the bathroom? I go use the bathroom. Pick them right. up. Right. Yeah. That's so you, my few you picked it up and left the gas station. See, well, I would have been like, all right. Oh, oh okay. Return. Saying, I want my I want my money back. I'll give this back to you. <laughs> I'm returning these. And I would have oh, made him ret- like, that would have been the, probably the first time he's ever had to like take a return at a gas station. Yeah. Like after. Yeah. So that you're saying after the argument, obviously, right. no, I was thirsty, man. I needed that water. <laughs> I need I know. That water. I, I know what's next for us here. Exclusive 60 minutes interview with the gas station clerk at that gas station. Oh, we're going to get to the a bottom sit down, of this. a drive in sit down. We're going to get it. We're going to get a <laughs> We're organizing a sit down. Yeah. What we should have done in honor of moderate. this. I'm not going to get them. I'm not going to get them. And I got to go get them. In honor of this, we should have done the top billing of gas station snacks. Ooh. <laughs> that would have been solid. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yes. Yes. But we do have an amazing guest today for top billing. A perfect guest for rom-coms with our sister, me and Ricky Flix's <laughs> sister, Peyton. I don't know if she has a nickname yet. Just like an our predecessors, J-Man and Mayo. Maybe maybe Peyton has a good nickname up her sleeve too. Mm. All we'll right. see. Are you guys ready for some movie news? Hit it. Yeah. Let's check the audiences up. One more moment, Doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is the checkup with Doctor O. Doctor O, check us up. Ryan Reynolds is confirmed with a tweet that a Free Guy sequel is in the works at Disney. Free Guy is a critical hit and has made $28.4 million at the domestic box office in its opening weekend. Next up on the checkup, Denny Villanueva claims Zendaya will play the main protagonist in the sequel to Doom. Timothy Chalamet will hold top billing for the first movie, which is set to hit theaters October 22nd, 2021. Next up, Emma Stone has closed a deal with Disney to return for Cruella 2. Guess those lawsuit rumors amounted to zero. Zilch. Next up, Scarlett Johansson and Margot Robbie have joined the cast for Wes Anderson's next film. The film's cast already includes Tom Hanks, Bill Murray, Adrian Brody, J. 
Jason Schwartzman, and Tilda Swinton. Anderson's The French Dispatch drops in theaters on October 22nd, 2021. The aforementioned film comes afterwards. Next up, Ethan Hawke says his villainous role in Marvel's Moon Knight was inspired by cult leader David Koresh. If you never heard of Koresh, check out Waco on Netflix. Let's go Taylor Kish. Finally, Shia LaBeouf has been cast as the lead in Abel Ferrara's next film. How is this man getting work right now? The film will focus on Padre Pio, an Italian monk who lived from 1887 to 1968 and who allegedly experienced stigmata. Willem Dafoe is also circling a role in the same film, that does it for the checkup this week. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. Week. Ricky Flicks, which headline captures your attention? Well, I don't want to cover too much on Free Guy since that is our review this week. But I guess with Ethan Hawke, did you guys see how he actually got the role for uh, In Moon Knight? Uh, you, you talked about it off screen with me, so I know. Oh, okay. I don't remember, but I don't know if you know Nez, but mm. he said in a, like an interview this week that he was just in a, in a coffee shop and Oscar Isaac was there and just went up to him and said that he liked the movie, The Good Lord Bird. And then Ethan Hawke said in response, cool, I like your work. And then Oscar Isaac immediately said, do you want to be in Moon Knight with me? And he said, yes, on the spot. That's exactly, he said, that's how it went down. So just goes Hollywood. to show Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood is still cool. That's and, showbiz, baby. <laughs> and <laughs> that is so Hollywood. <laughs> just ridiculous that that even happened. But just off that news, David Koresh, Waco, Taylor Kitsch. Love Taylor Kitsch. Hope he's going to be more stuff coming up. But definitely that's some cult leader. Like this show is going to be crazy. Moon Knight is going to be nuts. Looking forward to it. Naz, any thoughts? On Moon Knight? No, I mean, I'm excited about it. Even more excited now with Ethan Hawke. I want to talk about my boy, though, coming back. Shia LaBeouf. Let's go. <laughs> Your boy. Huge, huge Shia LaBeouf fan. Huge. Seems like a weird movie. Um, and I'm interested in, in, in whether or not it will be like, you know, like have some sort of uh, fantasy element into it or if it's going to be just like a almost like a biopic. Yeah. It looks interesting. Like, and like, uh, obviously like the, like a guy who ex- experiences stigmata in the 20th century, that's always like kind of like fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. And like, and like what he actually went through and how is it going to be portrayed in the movie? Is it going to be, uh, in- I-, I assume it's going to be very religiously tied to Christianity and everything. Right. Um, and then having Shia LaBeouf, like, this is like his second, he's attempting his like second comeback in like five years. <laughs> like he, he was back. The Shia Sans was on. Right. Then obviously the, the sexual abuse and like the domestic abuse uh, accusations and lawsuit, whatever uh, was happened like eight months ago. And now he's coming back. I can't believe he's actually getting roles right now. It's kind of shocking Soon. to say the least. And let alone okay. a movie and then let alone with a movie uh, that is also going to have Willem Dafoe in it. So it's like he's getting another chance so early, you know? Right. Right. I just want to go on the record here. I don't think I was aware of the domestic abuse stuff so maybe put an asterisk on me saying i'm a huge fan because i I was cringe i was cringing as you were saying that you're like shia labeouf huge fan huge fan i I had no idea i had no idea guys i'm sorry but like he's playing an italian monk like like shia labeouf playing a monk it's just with these allegations looming like it seems kind of ironic yeah it's just very weird 
And like Abel Ferrara, like I can only think of Bad Lieutenant, Harvey Keitel movie uh, in the early 90s, I believe. So like that's, I don't really, I'm not too familiar with the name, not too critically, like he's not like one of the best filmmakers out there. He's not necessarily poor if you made Bad Lieutenant, I'm just saying. But when you put Willem Dafoe, seems like he's in everything right now, everything good coming uh, in the next couple of years, like, all right, like sign me up, sign me up. Shia and Willem Dafoe sharing a screen has like, this is going to be must-see cinema. Absolutely. And did you, did you guys see that Willem Dafoe quote regarding Spider-Man 3? Oh, yeah. He's so, no. like, he, he's like the worst. Alpha Molina is the absolute worst, where he's basically, he did say, like, I am in, I am in Spider-Man No Way Home. And everybody was like, and like, obviously, Kevin Feige's like, I'm going to murder this guy for saying this. But then you have Willem Dafoe, who's like, when he gets consistently asked about this question, like, are you going to appear in it? He says, I will talk about the movies when they are released or something like that. It went to like to that extent. Yeah, that's a good but paraphrase basically was a dead giveaway like yeah i'm in this movie but i can't talk about it just like leave me alone pretty much so i mean like this trailer has to come for spider-man 3 sooner no, uh, rather than later and i also was thinking a question i wanted to pose to you guys uh before the checkup the batman the trailer uh that movie comes out in 200 days officially from today when this podcast Friendly. drops 199 so people are saying spider-man no way home will be the most viewed trailer of all time like, like in terms of YouTube views, not viewer numbers. Do you think the Batman could actually be that to rival Spider-Man No Way Home? Do you think those numbers could be uh, basically overtaken by the Batman? Yes. I, I agree. Think so too. The, the first think trailer so too. was so successful that it's, people are just going to watch the second one more so because of that first one. Also, people are kind of sick of Marvel. Batman only comes around every so often. And this is a solo Batman movie. How long ago, how long was a, ago was the last solo Batman movie? I mean, this is this is huge. This is bigger than Spider-Man. Spider-Man's yeah. had a couple and he's been in, you know, the Avengers. People are sick of it. I just think yeah. people are way more excited for, for Batman. It's, and also it's, DC fans are super loyal. It's insane. It's like fascinating because like these are literally the two biggest, like I would say, box office superheroes in history no offense to superman but i think spider-man and batman are were are the ones everyone wants to see now i guess iron man obviously entered that stratosphere but obviously he's uh, that character's gone but pre-2008 included yeah, like the, all of history right like yes all of box office his, history the batman when the first trailer dropped at dc fandom after only 25 percent of the film had been shot at, uh, at dc fandom that the that was a phenomenon people were saying this was one of the greatest trailers ever made they were, it was, I literally said it was the greatest DC project since the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Like <laughs> just that trailer alone. It was so good. And Zach I can't imagine like building Arthur up Mim. after, like building up after this first trailer, right? Probably going to drop another one at DC fandom this year. That's going to happen in October. Like people are just yearning for this movie. And then the fact that we're going to get it back to back DC fandoms, it's going to be an actual event where we're seeing it. And I know uh, Disney uh, is going to have a Disney Plus day. They had Disney Investors Day last year. Uh, so Disney Plus is having a similar thing to DC fandom where they're going to preview Star Wars projects, MCU projects. That might be where we see the first trailer for Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, just maybe. Fascinating. But I'm putting my money on the Batman to have more views than No Way Home. Yeah. So. And uh, just because, as you mentioned, how people are getting kind of sick of Marvel. I don't know if you guys started watching, but um, I know you didn't mention it on the checkup, but What If came out on Wednesday. Uh, did you guys watch that? No, I haven't. I checked it out. Yeah. Did you like it? Uh, I thought it was solid. 
like I, I don't really love the animation and the look of the show but in terms of like the different twists it could have and like i don't want to do i guess we could do some spoilers like captain carter uh like sharon carter becomes the new captain like you knew captain that from America, the trailer captain britain and everything yeah you knew that but then also like the different twists they have with uh howard stark like basically mentoring uh steve rogers and becoming iron man before iron man and everything like that it's like that was pretty cool and then like that the twist and like bucky is not the one who gets thrown off the train instead you have steve rogers getting thrown off the train so it's gonna be interesting so i know like sharon carter is gonna show up in multiple of these episodes i think they're all interconnected which i think is right. awesome and it's classic marvel to do that but uh i thought it was really good how about you so i i i thought it was okay i didn't love it i didn't hate it it did seem a little childish in its animated form uh, I just seemed like it's skewed towards a younger audience, at least to me. And it was very, it was literally Captain America first Avenger, except with uh, Peggy Carter as Captain America, I thought, and Steve Rogers as Bucky. That's basically how I felt. Um, but I do think that there's potential. Like I know I've, the first three episodes of this season of What If went out to the critics. And I guess the next one's T'Challa and uh, Yondu and T'Challa being uh, Peter Quill and, and uh Scott, Star, -Lord. Uh, Star Lord, thank you. So I um, think that one is going to be big because Chadwick Boseman's vo actually voicing T'Challa himself, whereas like Steve Rogers, Chris Evans wasn't there, uh, and a bunch of other big, the bigger names in the MCU, like Robert Downey Jr., isn't going to be Iron Man in this. So, so or Tony Stark, I should say. So like the voice performances weren't necessarily great in this either. No, I don't think so. Either. And and it was so obvious that like because you're just so attached to these previous characters so it's going to be interesting to see as the rest of the season goes and in season two that they're already developing how they're going to try to like keep drawing that interest and kind of keep grasping this audience because the whole point of this is to do something different but they're still like it just seems off to me you, you so gotta, you gotta, like the, the key is like you got to keep the big names attached you got to yeah. keep them attached because like people associate marvel with the films and everything obviously it's something different but Haley Atwell, who plays Captain Carter, uh, played Sharon Carter in Captain mm -hmm. America and all through the MCU. It didn't even sound like her, though. It just felt no. weird when I was watching her. And Steve Rogers was a bit off because it wasn't right, Chris Evans or anything like that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see like what they have planned next. Uh, I think that's like the intrigue, like like what like what beyond like the trailers, like beyond what twists are we bound to see with these episodes and how will they tie together? So I think that's the Marvel. Yeah. Effect, you know? And, and again, I think one last thing I'll say on this is that this is, this is a show that is for people that already have Disney plus and for people that already have seen Loki, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and all the, pr uh, the prior Marvel content. Whereas the other series sure it would have been helpful to watch all the other phase three uh, MCU uh, flicks, but like you have to see those for this. Like you absolutely have to. So I, I think that I think Disney plus looked at it as in, this is something different animated form that we can get new viewers for that people that don't necessarily love, uh, love our movies or like don't watch every single one. But I feel like it's the exact opposite what they're doing here. And I think that was a big thing that they've mentioned about this project that I just completely disagree with. Yeah. And then also targeting like a younger audience potentially to right. like the ones who aren't old enough to see the PG 13 movies, their parents won't let them. This is like an outlet they could just go right to, you know, so right. that's also a part of it. So, mm -hmm. and like you're talking about the animation style, it kind of does line up with kids. Right. Yeah. It definitely felt like that Saturday cartoonish a little bit. Mm -hmm. Which, which I mean, it, like it, it, I expected a little bit better from like Disney and everything, but it kind of matches with what Disney, like, like even yeah. before they acquired Marvel, like that type. Right. We still got more episodes to go. So we'll see. Cool. 
Uh, and then right before we end this checkup right here, I just want to say power duo, Scarlett Johansson and Margot Robbie and Wes Anderson movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's kind of sick. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that boys before we wrap up here? That's a talented duo. That's a talented duo right there. Wes Anderson just really needs his talent out. agency. Dude, he's, yeah, the he's, Nick, like a, he's Nick Saban. Yeah. He's like a, a revolving door recruiter. And he's a huge ensemble cast and everything. Like he's just like a master at recruiting talent. Um, but that does it for the checkup this week. We will now move on to our review of Free Guy. All right, Flickstar. Free Guy, right? We have the synopsis here. We got the Rotten Tomato score. We got the IMDB. We have the recent release from Ryan Reynolds, right? This almost an unexpected summer blockbuster, but also very much expected after so many delays to this film. Currently, the film has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, has an IMDb score of 7.7 out of 10. The synopsis reads, when a bank teller discovers he's actually a background player in an open world video game, he decides to become the hero of his own story, one that he can rewrite himself. In a world where there's no limits, he's determined to save the day his way before it's too late. And maybe find a little romance with the coder who conceived him. All right, Flickstar. Free guy. Is this the best video game movie of all time? I'll counter that with another question. Is this a video <laughs> game movie? Touche. Touche. I don't know. I don't know I if it is. It, I mean, it takes place in a video game. For like half the movie. But I think what I'm trying to say is when you think of a Mortal Kombat, a rampage uh what are the like laura croft like you know like like Mor- movies that are movies that are video game movies they're actually from a video game true you know yes. this is like its own game that they made up you know so like i just don't think because like obviously if you're going to put it in that perspective i think this is the best one but i just don't think it's in that same genre because it's its own creative thing even though it does use a lot of ip in here a lot yeah. and a lot of cameos with the disney fox merger that is because it's a 20th century Fox movie, but obviously with the Disney acquisition of them, they used a lot of that IP. And clearly, clearly they relied they relied on that in the second half of the movie. But I don't know, I don't know if I consider this a video game movie. I mean, I guess if you threw it into that batch of like the Mortal Kombat series, if you throw it into De- uh, Detective Pikachu and all the and uh, as you said, War Cross, Assassin's it Creed. is the best. It is the best out of those movies. Like if you just said, what's the best movie? But maybe like adaption wise, you're not really adapting anything. You're just throwing an IP, almost like Space Jam, a new legacy type. Not to that extent. Yeah. Not not, to that extent. Let's not get crazy, but yeah. So before uh, we get into uh, the concept of this movie and Ryan Reynolds' performance, I want to just talk about what were your expectations going in? I know this was like promoted to the max in the last month, and we've had multiple trailers, multiple TV spots. What did you anticipate walking into the theaters for this one, Flix? So I, I actually loved the first trailer. Like I know there's a lot of advertisement around this movie. A lot, of ad, a lot of their budget went towards advertising once the pandemic hit. And they obviously, like every other movie last year, delayed it to this year. And it seemed like this summer they really pushed, pushed for it to be a blockbuster. And then once you saw reviews coming in during its opening week before the public was able to see it, you really saw you got that momentum. So my expectations were not high, but it was just like, all right, I think I'm going to like this movie. Ryan Reynolds just seems like he's going to be himself. And guess what? He was, and he was great. He's like 45 now, but he's looking great. He's still his charismatic self. You've got that Deadpool vibe a little bit, but like a PG 13 vibe. 
uh, Deadpool and just him kind of being like just a bank tower, like a kind of a boring bank tower, but putting his spin on it. So honestly, it surpassed my expectations, but it's not like they were incredibly high. How about yourself? So uh, if you remember when we did the draft of the remainder of the movies of 2021, I had this just off my top five list. I had high expectations for this film and this, uh, I would say, met those expectations uh, based on my score and how I feel about this movie. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with what you said about Ryan Reynolds. This felt like a PG Ryan Reynolds or a PG-13 Ryan Reynolds, right? It's like if Deadpool had a more uh, mature side. That's almost what it felt like a little bit. Right. And Ryan Reynolds has like, he's banked he's, his career. His arc has been amazing in his career. Uh, he now just plays himself in most of his movies. Like he, we remember when he mm. starts off his career, he's going Van Wilder. He's going just friends. He's doing definitely. Rom-coms. maybe. Then he does the proposal in 09. And then finally he gets his big break. He's a what's his, later. What's his big break? Green Lantern. Green Lantern <laughs> comes. He's named sexiest man alive. He's at the peak, right? What was you, you would suppose was his peak, right? Green Lantern hits, bombs hard, and he gets trashed to oblivion and disappears for a while. And he disappears, right? You almost like it's almost impossible to think about like Ryan Reynolds now, how he's literally everywhere. He's on Twitter and he's him, he's literally the most self aware actor in Hollywood. But he was disappearing after Green Lantern. Then he comes back. He tries to get like recognized again. He try he goes with like, almost like more art house movies, like buried. And he goes, uh, Mississippi grind. And then all of a sudden he gets his dream project that he's been working on for years with Deadpool. And after that it's history, right? He is now that person at all times. But in this movie, he seems to change up that personality a little bit. As I said, make it more, more of a mature person, right? Maybe more that's welcomed by younger audiences. Um, and he's just so likable. He's just so likable. So I think he did a great job in this performance. Uh, and I w- it was as expected, though. Uh, I also want to talk about, like, the concept of this movie, Ricky Flex. That's what also kind of drew me to it, because you have a video game movie where it's someone that's not a main character, but a, a non-player character, someone on the side, right? Someone you would never think about. So what did you think about this concept of the movie and why did it work? Oh, I love that. I love the concept for the movie. It's just a normal bank tower, a background character. Like it was around, that was one of the themes of the movie, like people trying to, to break free from their, like other people's assumptions of them, the world's assumptions of them. And they could do basically what they want, freedom, their creativity, you know, it's kind of like the point of the movie with the video game as well. And no, I don't know if we're doing spoilers, but uh, just in case we are or not spoiler free here. So, uh, but even when the world, not the non Ryan Reynolds characters outside of the video game, they're like a parallel to him. And like, as in, they're not like important people, quote unquote, important people. And they're trying to be, you know, they're trying to do like what they want to do. So I think that kind of just went along with the movie and, and that part and that facet, that theme worked very well. I agree. And the concept, as I said before, I did like it. Right. So like, and it's a unique way to tell the tale of, as you said, the theme of, you, you write your own story. You write your own story. You are in control of your own destiny. No matter what, what how you are perceived by other people, you can push yourself to your absolute limit. Mm-hmm. I think that the concept was awesome, but the execution, it wasn't as original as the concept. What I mean by that is in terms of how the movie plays out, uh, I think this was a cross between three different things, Ricky Flicks. Truman Show, Grand Theft Auto, and Ready Player One. What an interesting trio. I had the but same I think this, thing. This was like a mishmash 
of those three. And I think it really stole a lot from Truman Show. I really well, did. Well, think about it this way. Look at the freaking ocean. Like yeah. the ocean, like the climax of the movie was literally the Truman Show climax. That, that, that was my main criticism of this yeah. movie. That it, like it, For such an original concept that people are really hailing it, in terms of the execution, we've seen this play out like the same type of story play out. And even the fact that everyone is watching this person, someone's starting to break free from this world that they're trapped in. It literally was Truman Show to a T. And as you said before, it even had that wall. You cannot get past that wall, right? You go through that ocean. You cannot get past that wall. You're limited to this world. So I thought that was just so obvious. It was just so obvious, right? And it sounds like you had that natural connection too. Oh yeah, of course. And just look at like, look at just compare characters. Obviously they're both trapped or Truman, Truman, quote unquote, trap, go see that movie you haven't. But uh, just also, like, he's a bank tower and Truman Show. He's like an insurance broker, like a, a boring, a very boring job. He picks up the newspaper every morning. It's, it's so and similar. he's a very corny, robotic type dude. And he, but he's like very nice. And he has good, good evening, good afternoon and good night. And this one, he's like, don't, don't have a good day. Have a great day. You know, they both have those type of lines. You know, but they're also kind of self-aware and like as in Jim Carrey and Ryan Reynolds, you could tell they're self-aware of what they're doing. And they're like they both are showing their charisma at the same time as being that boring character. So even on a character standpoint, not just the create the, the the plots, but from the actual main characters, the same exact thing. And they both have the supporting characters trying to get them out or keep them in. So it and then that are very similar as in Jody Comer to uh, the person with the lawsuit in the Juman show, which I can't remember her name. But same, same as that character as well. So not just story. Yeah, where it's like almost like an eventual love story, a hidden love story till the right. end, you know? Right. That's, that's exactly what I was feeling. But I don't want to criticize it too much in that regard because overall, this was super entertaining to watch. And I think um, that's because of the humor, for one. Ryan Reynolds always brings that to the table. And then mm-hmm. Taika Waititi, I thought he was pretty good in this role. Like I, like, I was nervous that he was going to be too corny. So I might say he was corny. Your face tells me you think he was corny. But I think he played it on that edge where it's like if he went really too much in, I would have been like, okay, I'm out on this villain. But I think he did fine for the villain he played. All right. I'm exact opposite. And my dog's going crazy in the background. But I thought he was bad. I thought he was bad. I hated it. Right from the start. Right from the start, I thought he just overdid it. Way overdid it. And I really, in the second half of the movie, he got more and more screen time and it just made me less and less like, like, like the second half of the movie, just compared to the first half of the movie, just significantly did not like the second half compared to the first half. And that was part of the reason. And again, this also goes to a bigger point where when Ryan Reynolds wasn't on the screen and wasn't in the video game, I didn't necessarily think this movie was very good. I thought it was okay. And I thought the other actors in this, uh, as in Jodie Comer, uh, and, uh, you know, Steve from Stranger Things. Thank you. Um, I thought they did well. This is easily Joe Curie's best role he's ever done, like in a movie, for sure. He's done a lot of smaller uh, films. But Jodie Comer, when she, when she was with Ryan Reynolds, I thought she was fantastic. When she wasn't, I thought she was good. But I just think Taika, compared to those three other actors, just way overdid it, way over the top. This wasn't like Jojo Rabbit when he played Hitler. Like that was like a clear cliche, like joke um just like trying to like obviously because it's hitler right just make him look as bad as possible so it, it worked for that one for this oh he just way overdid it but i think it worked bro i think it worked because it was a zany movie 
There was like a lot of stuff going on. Like I, I think there was some absolute ridiculous moments that Tiger wasn't even a part of. But the fact that it was like had those out of control moments, like wow, because it is a video game for most part of the movie that you're watching. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it fit him well. I, I think he he was the type of villain you needed for this movie. He didn't get an overwhelming amount of screen time either, which is I'm completely fine with. I'm absolutely fine with. But I thought he was formidable. I'm not gonna say like he's like the next great actor that the t- director yeah, turned yeah. actor, but I, I think he did fine. He did fine. And, yeah, but I, think I, it's I just also- don't think you're going to get me. I'll have to see it again. No, but- I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying what I think. I, I, I really don't think it was as bad. I just knew it was going to be zany. Taika's playing a role. When has he not played a character that's right. zany other than like Green Lantern? You know? Right. I just, uh, I just felt like, I don't know, like when I was watching it, I was thinking, well, Sean Levi, the director of this or Levy, whatever, um, when he was probably like directing this movie and they were shooting his shots, he probably like didn't want to say anything to him. Saying he basically probably just told him, go do your thing. Right. So I honestly think this falls on Taika, whether you think he was good or bad. So this performance that you see, I'm not going to put this on the director or screenwriter or anything. I think Taika had control of his own role and obvious for obvious reasons why an Oscar winning writer himself and nominated director. So it's like, or nominated movie for best picture in one of his movies. So all in all, I didn't love him, but I do love him outside of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you just like him and Jojo Rabbit and as a director, then. In court. <laughs> In court, yeah, okay. So, like, yeah, but that's, that's just a voice role. Like, right, like, right, 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 right. But, uh, yeah, so I I feel like we, overall positive reaction to this movie, we have our sharp For criticisms. Sure. But I think a huge part of this movie, I, I think we should jump to a little bit of a spoiler section here. I don't think we have a choice, because one of my favorite parts of this movie were the cameos. They were so yes. awesome. They were electric. Um, so I'm just going to give a warning Right to the listeners right now, we're jumping to some spoilers, okay? Uh, and Naz will put like a little marker uh, for when that will be uh, on the pod. So he'll put it on the description and say, "Hey, spoilers right here." Ricky Flex, this had some of the best spo- uh, cameos I've seen in a that's a non-Marvel movie. It was insane. The first scene of the movie, like that was not. I, I didn't know Channing Tatum was going to be in this. Crazy. It, and he wasn't just in it in that one scene. He had a pivotal role later on. And I thought one of the few, like a uh, few gamers that were in this, like the regular people in the real world, that guy was great too. I thought that, that guy was really funny. Like, yeah, but you had a Deadpool Tatum, poster in the background. Right. Right. Yep. Semi cameo. And Shane Tatum, like just stole, like he was amazing. And it just reminded me, like he's also done another cameo and this is the end. That's very memorable that you didn't know that was coming. Um, you've seen this as the end. Like I know you have, but like audience, if you haven't seen a 2013 movie, you got to see Danny that. becomes Danny McBride's Danny McBride's pet. <laughs> so he's just like, wow. And it made me think like, what has he done recently? Like he's got to be in more stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he did take a long break, but I, I was thinking about this earlier. He kind of challenges Matt Damon for like most electric cameos. Like, uh, like if you yeah. think about him and this is the end, you think about him in this movie, whether he's dancing or just having hilarious conversations as a 13 year old <laughs> or as a 20 year old with uh, free guy. And then he's also, we forget Tarantino hateful eight has an all time cameo in that as right. well. Oh right? my God. So like he does. I think he challenges the crown for best cameos. Damon has like the volume, but the electric factory that is Channing Tatum, man, he is right there too. Right. And I can't wait to see what else, like he's doing in the future because you're right. He's been laying low, bro. Right. He's been and laying low. I liked him in Hail Caesar. He has that great dancing scene in that one as well. So, and obviously he's 
you know, he's, he's been a lot of dancing roles as well, obviously with uh, Magic Phenomenal Mike dancer. and also uh, Dance uh, Street. Uh, step up, dude. Step up, step thank you. Up. I can't on. think today. We but, got rom-coms up today. You can't but, remember Step Up? Not a comedy, though. Yeah, yeah. But we got to talk about some other cameos. Chris Evans, that was a great one. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, like right after the cap, that was perfect. Cap shield. But I think some of the voices, some of the voices was were great too. I don't know if you're able to notice any of them. I only knew one, and that was the Hugh Jackman one. But I, I, didn't, I didn't hear Hugh Jackman. Which one was he? That was in the alleyway. Yeah, I mean, the, those are hard to tell. With the map. That was the only one I was able to tell. But then uh, just going on the IMDB here, The Rock was one of the bank robbers. <laughs> Don Krasinski was a, another voice. Like, wow. and then obviously, oh, and then obviously Camille Caustic was uh, also in the movie. Trebek. Oh, Alex Trebek. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. My, 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 I felt my, like the heart in my theater sank when Alex Trebek came on the screen. I felt it. And yeah. then uh, Camille Caustic, I got a funny story for the listeners. So my dad over her, I like, I, I follow like Barstool content and she like sometimes appears on shows for like Barstool, like KFC radio, stuff like that. My dad overheard me talking about Camille Kostek with, I think you, Ricky Flicks. And then I remember he's an autograph collector. <laughs> I open up a gift on Christmas. It's a signed Camille Kostek, like what uh, picture. I have a Camille Kostek SI, like Sports Illustrated, uh, Sports Illustrated cover that's signed by Camille Kostek. I did not know that. I'm, I'm waiting for the bong. <laughs> I'm waiting like... for the bong. I don't even, yeah, I, I didn't I'm, ask for it. it was, my dad surprised me. It was like five bucks and he got it. He's like, here, I heard you talking about this girl. He got it. I think it was like a stocking stuffer or something like that. Oh my God. I can't believe you didn't know that's that. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's odd. That. It is odd. I'm I, not, I haven't put it up anywhere. It's just like in my room. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's, it's like in, I don't know. in my cupboard. Yeah, I wouldn't wear that as a badge of honor, but I don't, maybe you should. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe she hits it big after this cameo. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk. Uh, who do I want to talk about? Chris Evans. The theater reaction to Chris Evans popping on screen. The theater went nuts where I was at. They went crazy Same. when they heard him swear. And all of a sudden you had like the Captain America shield and the whole can coming together. Yeah, the whole can. Everyone was going crazy. The biggest when that happened. The audience is biggest for me in my theater that I went to. The audience reacted most loudly to the lightsaber. A oh, that, really? that was like more? there was like someone in my row that had like got up that did one of these like i got up from my chair but like not all the way and then sat back down like someone was that excited for the lightsaber <laughs> and then so there was a lot of these oh! the, or they did trying to hold in a pee or something oh well it, he like looked at the guy on the right and was like, it's like are so, you serious bro are you serious bro? there was so many yells for that it was ridiculous the chris evans yeah. was more like just wow like he's in this movie and then obviously, yeah, the whole can and everything going on. But that goes again to like the second half yeah. of this movie, more reliant on IP. Like I'm just saying it. Like not, it wasn't like Space Jam. Uh, new Cameos, legacy. IP, like on a, on a almost like yeah. the second half. I agree, kind of used as a crutch. I do, I do yeah. agree with that. And but again, I'm not saying this movie. I know because we talked about the Truman Show and how it had those similarities, and we t- we just talked about the cameos and now the IP. But it, again, it did separate its, it, itself from other m- movies, particularly video games. Like, even though it did have aspects like from other video games, like Fortnite with the skins, they made it into like a running gag throughout the whole movie. Like 
this is my skin. I guess it's genetics and stuff like that. And they used it as like gags that. throughout. And I thought that was helpful. And it had the influencers like Ninja and others. I know apparently, according to my girlfriend, some of them were B or C or D list influencers or uh, game uh, video game players. I am not into that world. The only one I knew was Ninja. So I can't really talk about it. But I guess like they didn't even have a bunch of A listers besides Ninja. So when I, I guess- saw. When, like when I saw Ninja, I, I kind of thought to myself, this movie's a little outdated. <laughs> like, like, really? like, just like, like a year, a year too late. Just because like, I, I don't know if like Ninja's popularity has gone up in the past year, but like, I, I, don't, just, like, I, I don't hear a lot about him anymore. I know he switched like where he like streams and everything like that a while back. But like I, when I saw him on screen, I'm like this damn guy god damn it but, <laughs> like i did i know but like he did fine I, in the cameo but yeah uh, young kids I, must have loved that right right that's that. i think it had like its elements of like things that for non-gamers things we love like the ip and cameos and things for gamers like having those people in it and uh they even had like the Fortnite, like when they reached back and to like put their weapons away it disappeared things like that that's basically what i'm trying to say it had that good yeah. game like inside the games in like Fortnite or like grand that thought of when just guys just randomly getting punched when he's walking the street or something like that and or like the teabagging scene like there's just a bunch of aspects from those those games that you saw in here and i really did like that yeah and like and we're not video game guys we've talked about the cameos we did recognize i can't even imagine like an avid video game like fan right maybe like nez or someone else like or, or like someone who's really invested into the video game world they would ultimately like they would be like oh pop on screen they know this reference they know that it just would have been automatic and we we caught as much as we could but i think there was more than we uh, really knew yeah and i just remembered i don't know if we said this at the beginning of the review but nez isn't doing this review with us so. yes no no yeah yeah well, okay I think it was good obvious. okay right i just yeah, I just I didn't know if we mentioned that. So people maybe were wondering when he was going to chime in here. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have said that from the top. Um, why don't we get some scores? Let's get some scores. Rick. Okay. Okay. 79 for me. 79%. Uh, I really did like it. It did exceed my expectations, but I'm just going to simmer down for the reasons I laid out above. And I do just want to say one other thing. We didn't talk about her too much. I know I did, but Jody Comer, she's coming out. Two Ridley Scott movies. So this is kind of like a coming out party a little bit here. And I thought she was great in this, particularly when she was with Ryan Reynolds. But The Last Duel mainly is going to be on screen with Matt Damon and Adam Driver. But she's going to be in that. And then what other movie she's going to be in? Joaquin Phoenix's Kit Bag when he put, when Joaquin's going to be playing Napoleon. And that's another Ridley Scott movie, like I mentioned. So this is just loves great. the period pieces. Right. So this is just her showcasing her skills a little bit leading up to those two projects and with Ridley Scott and then those A-list uh, actors that we talked, that I just referenced. So just wanted to say that as well. 79 for me. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the 82. I'm going with the 82 for this one. Uh, I think I also want, I really wanted to bring up the use of the song fantasy by uh, Mariah Carey. Like, I think that was a nice, that was a nice motif that like was continuing throughout the movie. And I also, I looked on Spotify. I looked on YouTube. I need to find that version of fantasy sung by Jodie Comer at the end of the movie. That was unbelievably fire. That was amazing. I want to find that song so bad, but it's not released yet. So like the song in the trailer, like it it hit, right? The trailer, it made the trailer. So one of the reasons why the trailer was so good, but in the movie, it just made the movie flow so well and got your vibes up. You could feel your heart pumping a little bit. It was related to the themes, like you mentioned, the motifs. I really loved the song in this. Really, really liked it. 
Yeah. Solid soundtrack. A lot of nineties, like hip hop and R and B on there. It was good. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, and can we, one last thing we can mention here, the, their game in the, that Island free city was just so much better. Yeah, like awesome. come on like no wonder that wasn't gonna make any money and as a business that was the man, point that was the yeah, point right right but that game I... looked trash it looked terrible yeah that's why that's why they didn't sell it yeah right? like oh that's why and that's why it's so ironic that we're like <laughs> taika watiti's character was like saying oh sequels this is all we care about more numbers more the same and the fact that like this message message of this movie is to, like follow like your original your your, your own creative mind your own projects but we're getting a sequel to this movie. Right. The it's hypocrisy. Like so it's so Disney. So Disney. Yeah. So that does it for our review of Free Guy. 79 from Ricky Flicks. 82 from Dr. O. We will now uh, move on to our top billing draft of the greatest rom-coms. All right. It's time for top billing. In honor of Ryan Reynolds' new film, we will be drafting the greatest rom-coms with a new special guest, the one and only P.K.O. Dynamite. Peyton, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, boys. Happy to be here. Okay. And what makes you such a great option to draft romantic yes. comedies, Peyton? Why you? I've been watching romantic comedies since I can remember. Our dad is a huge rom-com guy, and I really, that's like the one genre I know just about every rom-com movie. Wow. Wow. I know what's know good. I know what has too much, has too much humor, not enough romance, and vice versa. I'm really a mm. great, great judge, so I'm happy to be on the pod. Yeah, amount of romance is vital. Okay. Comedy. So you're going to be a good... Because then it's just a long romance, boring movie. You need the comedy. You're going to be a good judge of, uh, of each person's pick then. Since that's, you know. that's good. Yeah, I, I think that's a great, that's a great, you, yeah, you'll be the judge of our picks, but you're also trying to make, win the draft yourself. And I think Peyton's draft is going to look vastly different from the rest of our three drafts, unless Ricky Flex has seen uh, like more, more rom-coms or has seen more rom-coms than I'm expecting, but I could be oh, wrong. I've watched I, a lot of, uh, back when it was, I think Bravo used to be women's entertainment. I used to watch a lot of that with my mom when we were doing chores on Saturday. So don't sleep on Excellent. Nez here. And if anyone, okay. if anyone is a returning listener here, they know Nez's mother is a huge Bravo fan. Huge. That's true. All right. We've, we've uh, predetermined the draft order today. Ricky Flex will be going first, followed by Nez, then by PKO, and then me, Dr. O. So, Ricky Flex, you are now on the clock with the number one overall pick. Okay. So, with the number one overall pick. So I want to do a tradition, like, I know we're doing rom-coms, but this one's just probably the most popular in my household, as in it's probably the one that's been played the most. And this one has some amazing actors and actresses in it. So a lot of star power, and I'm going 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh Uh-oh. Number Uh, one pick? Number one. I I honestly just want a back-to-back. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Oh, PKO approves. Why do you approve PKO? That okay. So rom-coms, like we mentioned, like romance is huge, but that movie has so many great one-liners. Like just so good. And the scenes, it's just it's not a typical teen movie. It's really like another caliber. 
So excellent choice. A tier above. A tier above. It's a a tier above. Even people I know that hate rom-coms love that movie. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath. Heath. R.I.P. That's how I got to start. Oh, love it. Can't take my eyes off you scene. Frankie Valli. One of the most iconic music scenes in in movie history. Rom-coms, you need a heartthrob. And you have Heath Ledger here <laughs> as the heartthrob. You need one. And he this is his breakthrough performance. And it's always fun. But you look at like the like that oh, that guy played the Joker in like the most like terrifying <laughs> villainous role in literally cinematic history, right up there. So seeing him like it, it's it's fun to go back and watch this movie and see, like, oh man, this dude has some freaking range. This dude has a freaking range. But he's also just like so likable too. And uh, he nailed that role. And then we can't forget Joseph Gordon Levette, his starting oh, yeah. point there too. Yep. And again, with rom-coms, what's popular? A villain, a villain on the romantic side. And Joey, Joey might be the best, mo- might be the most iconic villain in rom-com history here. So I get him. I love it. Joey Donna, Joey Donna. So that's Ricky Flex with the number one overall pick. 10 things I hate about you. We are now on to Nez. All right. So I'm really weighing my options here. I don't know if I should go with my personal favorite rom-com or if i should uh try and try and you know get my draft stock up but i think i'm just gonna have to go my personal favorite when we were uh draft when i was drafting up my big board this is the first one that i wrote down because it's my favorite i'm going with love actually which is a personal nez favorite i think it's because i saw it at such a young age and it really i don't know why it had an impact on me maybe i watched it around christmas time too but uh, i like it rick grimes from walking dead snake but yeah, Kieran Knightley, <laughs> terrible person. But <laughs> his storyline of that movie is so weird. Rick Grimes and that Andrew Lincoln, whatever. Very yeah, weird yeah. storyline there. So Pey- Peyton, I- I'm curious, where does this rank in terms of not only romantic comedies, but even Christmas movies? Is this top tier? Mm. Honestly, I think it's more of a top tier Christmas movie than it is a rom-com. Wow. wow. <laughs> Wow. I, but I do know a lot of people that love it. It's not personally a favorite of mine. I mean, I love Hugh Grant's scene, you know, when he's dancing through the, mm-hmm. like, you know, yep. that seems pretty mm-hmm. great. Pointer Sisters. I mean, he's a he's a king of rom-coms. Talk about someone that's like always strikes at, like always home run. That's <laughs> yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant is <laughs> a big heartthrob. He is a male icon Huge. for rom-coms. And that's right when he was like still in his prime. So I'll give you points for that. But sometimes I feel like there's a little bit lacking in the comedy area there. I love. Wow. This. Okay. Wow. So it's a little, little too heavy romantic. Not enough comedy. A little too heavy romantic. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a great film. If it's yeah. on TV, I'm gonna and watch it. One one of the things I'll say, it has so many storylines, but they're all so different. It hits at different points. Oh, right. Right. The yeah. Colin Firth storyline together. Right. It all comes together, of course, and it's set around Christmas. Wow. And the, I think PKO brought up a great comment. It's about balancing the romantic and the comedy. So I'm going to go on with my third pick here, and I'm going to do a perfect balance of the two, at least in my opinion. My favorite rom-com of all time. Ricky Flicks already probably knows I'm going to pick. Crazy Rich Asians is my first round pick. Crazy Rich Asians. That is, wow. Uh, that is a rom-com that I think is like, first of all, the cast is amazing, all Asian cast. And we have the breakthrough with Henry Golding, uh, Gemma Chan, breakthrough too. Like having her, like literally, uh, Marvel said 
We saw Gemma Chan. We had her in Captain Marvel. We see, we saw her there. Her performance of Crazy Rich Asians. Man, we need her as a lead in one of our movies, and we're gonna get her as a lead in Eternals. Um, hilarious movie too. Like I, I, I frequently rewatch this movie not only because it's on TBS every other weekend, but I watch on HBO Max as well. Uh, yeah. So Crazy Rich Asians, my first round pick. Any thoughts? Excellent pick. I like Great what, movie. What do you think about? Uh, where so uh PKL, where does Henry Golding rank in terms of like the uh heartthrob meter? Oh yeah, well like his smile, he's a charmer for sure. Like that really seals you in. So yeah. and I think he because the way he acts so smooth and put together and he dresses like a little nicer than the average guy his age really makes it very nice. I really like it. So yeah, <laughs> my one gripe with this pick is oh, I don't think it's very funny. I do. I think it's I don't like you have Aquafina is not. Aquafina. I'm not a fan of her. I, I'm not a fan personally of her comedy. I'm just not. Okay, it I doesn't do hit. That. Me. She's a little annoying. So I'm this not saying it's not. Annoying. I'm not saying it's like a bad pick, as in like because I'm because like it more leans romantic or on the comedy saying. I'm just saying the comedy in that movie, I just don't particularly like. But I think it's a great movie just in general. I. I think she her comedy works for that movie. I think it's I think it lines up perfectly. Her and other stuff it kind of turns me off. I like okay, her crazy I rich see. Asians, but then uh, the Uncle Jimmy I think his name is Jimmy Wu. He is that uh, he's, oh. he's like the really upstraight guy. He's just like he's like this is Vogue 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 Japan or something like that. We couldn't even get Vogue US or whatever. Right, right. That, that guy is my favorite character in the entire movie. I'm insanely that funny comic relief. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go with crazy rich Asians as my first rounder. PKO, highly anticipated pick and the first round. Go ahead. Oh, boy. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me. What if I like, can't perform? But I think I have to go classic as all-star cast again. It's a classic, but, like, you can mm-hmm. still watch it, and it just, like, never fades. And that is You've Got Mail. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, classic duo. Wow. It, that pick didn't disappoint, Peyton. That's an absolute first-rounder. Like it, I like I don't see that movie as frequently as you, but the rewatchability of that movie, if you've got mail, you talk about it literally every other day. So I think it's right on par with you. And it's also an all this is like one of those movies you think of when you hear rom-com. Yeah, it's just it has everything in it. And you just it has that part where you're like, oh, I really want them to be together, where sometimes some movies it's like too obvious. But for them, you're like, you really don't know. So it really pulls you in and makes you want to watch the end, but it still has so many funny moments in it. So PKO, big Tom Hanks fan, looks wise. Yeah. No. No. He's not just a looks lovable wise. guy. Well, he's just a lovable guy that makes him like. I see. Loves Tom okay. Hanks. Okay. And that's really, I think, what does it for him. It's like personality, the humor in that movie. It's just. So, I see. Like, amazing. I really like it. Mm-hmm. So Henry Golding above Tom Hanks. And that this introduced- and it looks and like the suave wise, but if you're going for funny, you're gonna go for Tom Hanks. Are you kidding me? And like <laughs> you're just like a okay, lovable okay. teddy bear. Love this pick, Peyton. And, and this introduced one of the greatest rom-com duos of all time. Tom well, actually, Hanks. they first premiered with Sleepless in Seattle. Hey, and oh! we don't tease picks here. We don't tease picks here. Jeez, you rookie. You rookie, come on, PKO. Unless it's your next pick. <laughs> Unless, and, well, it's not. We might have to kick her off. All right. So you, <laughs> start, I'll see you later. You got mail. You are now up with your second. Kick us into the second round, uh, PKO. 
Okay, I gotta go with another classic around the same time frame. It actually came out the year I was born, and that is Notting Hill. You got another two, another all-star cast. Well, two great leads. You got Hugh Grant, like I mentioned before, king of rom-coms, and you got Julia Roberts. I mean, what's a better deal than that? Any I've thoughts? actually never, I've actually never Chiefs? seen Notting Hill. I've never seen it. Are you serious? Wow. I know it's always wow. on in this household. I yeah, know that's crazy. That, you, fun- you, you and Dr. O and Ricky Flair, yeah, like you, our father, you both, you two have seen Dr. Bo Senior. Dr. O <laughs> Senior has seen that movie with you no less than 50 times. I feel like every oh, week, 100%. I, I feel like every week in the house growing up, the final 30 minutes of that movie was always on at least once a week. Like it, it always was. It just has so many great scenes, especially the last, like where she's like, I'm right, just the, a girl the last scene. standing in front of a boy. Right. I've seen, I've seen that scene. I feel, like, I feel like, like growing up. You I can't just, talk that. I feel like I've heard that quote a million times from like two rooms down throughout like every week growing up. It's <laughs> you know ingrained in my mind. Pretty you know what accurate. you can't top is Hugh Grant's hair in that movie. Phenomenal. Flopsy. I've never seen someone with better hair. Yeah. Talk about a heartthrob. All right. Good pick. Now we're moving on with the second round is now Dr. Rose pick. And I'm going to go with Crazy Stupid Love. Steve Carell, Gosling, Emma Stone, Julianne Moore. Man, it, it, it's, it talk about the comedic elements. You got the chemistry between Carell and Gosling. Gosling was like, he's just the standout. He's still every scene in this movie. Carell is awesome, but Gosling was such a boss here. Uh, and then Emma Stone was also hilarious in this movie, and she has great chemistry with Gosling. Talk about romantic scenes. Talk about the uh, dirty dancing, right, with Gosling. And Emma Stone, Peyton, uh, I see P- uh, Peyton's reaction. She loves that scene too. I think I'm starting off strong uh, with crazy, uh, sorry, crazy stupid love as my second round pick. I was targeting that. That was going to be my first pick in the second round. So I love the pick. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. King. Him slapping. There's a theme with crazy being in Ron. all of Dr. O's draft picks so far. I crazy see Asians, crazy continues. stupid love. I, I, I noticed that too, Nez. That's a great, that's a great observation. Uh, it might, it might be my interest in rom-coms. That, it's just, it's just a crazy interest. It's a crazy, it's like more eccentric picks, I would say. So crazy you're element now. in there. Also, right. oh, also boy. you could also oh, say Ryan Gosling, like in that movie, like one of the, his, him in that movie was just impeccable looking. Like if we're being honest, <laughs> like, oh. Man, uh, rocket to the max. Prime. Yes, like that. Like I don't like I don't know how many other actors in a movie looked as good as Ryan Gosling in Crazy Stupid Love. Like oh, it, I'm just being honest here. It's insane. <laughs> I I remember like there's a TikTok oh. that our the driving podcast we made and uh and it was a Ryan Gosling like streaming TikTok and the Crazy Stupid Love like just making that it was just like dang like I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> Another great aspect of that movie, it's just like even the way he dresses adds that extra like notch to it. And that just that's also what I love. Yeah, there it is. And just like he dresses phenomenally, and that just like he dressed like a ladies man. Oh, he is a ladies (laughs) in that movie. He's like prime ladies man. Yes, but Steve Carell has his complete transformation. And just from like the haircut change, the short, like the minimal haircut change, and all of a sudden the suits can make you 
kind of like Ryan Gosling. He definitely is not the same tier, but mm. towards the and end, he had all that swab going astute on. Astute observation. He had the dirty dancing scene as well. With Did you not? Yeah, yeah, we, we brought that yeah. up. We brought that up. Uh, Missed it. Let's now move on to Nez's pick, second rounder. Here we go, Nez. All right. Um, I don't know if this is going to pass the uh, PKO test, but uh, this is one that I also thought of very quickly when I thought of it. Um, and that is 51st dates. Adam Sandler, um, you know, I just think it's very, it's a very sweet movie and it's also very funny. It has Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, you know, the whole, the whole gang's in there. There's a lot of good jokes, but also there's a fair amount of romance. And, and uh, yeah, I think the balance is there. I think the comedy is there and the romance is all there. Uh, all in all, it's a very sweet movie. And, you know, I'll catch it on, uh, on TBS from time to time. Sandman. Sandman. And then it's, uh, I like that we're getting some love here because he is an underrated uh, like performer in these rom-coms. He does a, a decent amount of them. And we might even see him later in this draft. Love that pick, Ness. Yeah, I got to say, I agree with Dr. O. I can't, like, that just has every element you need in a rom-com. That's a great pick. One of my top favorites. And Drew Barrymore. Again and again. And Drew Barrymore. She's in a bunch of rom-coms herself. herself. That's true, yeah. It's got the recipe. Dynamic duo, mm-hmm. Sandman and Barrymore. Uh, okay. Now we're, wrap- we're going on to Ricky Flicks to end the second round. All right. So last pick of the second round, I'm going to go with Hitch. Hitch. Uh, two storylines there. The one, obviously, with Will Smith, but the one with Albert, Kevin James, just steals the show. Steals the show. Cute tip. Cute tip. Throw it away. Throw it away. Iconic scene. Love the movie. Hitch. And like I like Will 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 Smith also awesome in that movie. Like I know Albert Brightman steals the show. He's the more like eccentric character and like likable, I guess. But Will Smith is suave in that too. And uh, oh, yeah. I love and and like how can you not love Emma Mendes? Like there's no crazy stupid love without Hitch. Ryan Gosling's like the Will Smith of that movie, so you could say that. Just Hot saying. Take, yeah. So Hitch walks. So Hitch walks. So crazy stupid love could run. Yes, I agree with that. But yeah, I do. I, th- I, I I do have Hitch higher on my big board. But just saying, love it. Actually, no. Yeah, I do. But okay. Then my third pick. Or my third pick. Yep. There's something about Mary. Ben Stiller, Cameron Diaz in this. This movie, obviously, there's a lot of different moving parts in this movie. But I think from the sheer, I, it, the comedy kind of outweighs the romantic parts at, at points. But I think in the third round here, it's the proper value for it. So I'm going to go with that. I would say that's a solid statement. I, there's definitely <laughs> some scenes. Thank you, Peyton. <laughs> this is there's definitely some scenes that like are a little like freaky, a little like go like a little too far in that movie. <laughs> But like with the dog, <laughs> with the feet, could could agree but, more. PKO. <laughs> but I agree with your, that statement. It is definitely a solid third round pick. Like it still cracks me up every time I watch it. Is it really up there with you've got mail? Ten things they about you. I don't know, but it's a good third rounder. So I this definitely leans more into the comedic than the romantic, in my opinion. Like this gets a little wacky, like Fairly Brothers movie. So we're talking about balancing those two. This one just tips a little bit more to the comedic side, but I would still put it under that umbrella of a romantic comedy for sure. All right. So now we are Nez's third pick. All right, guys, I'm going with another one that's probably leaning on the comedy side a little bit more. 
than uh, the romance side, but it is all about romance and in terms of the 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 plot of the movie. But there is a lot of uh, hijinks and stuff going on. I'm going with Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's honestly one of my favorite comedies of all time, but uh, I think you could easily class, uh, classify it as a romantic comedy. Great pick, Matt. Is great pick. Thank you. Phenomenal. Like this, this like I was t- I was torn between two for my next one, and this was one of them. So you actually made my decision a little easier. And out of the two, I was going to pick. I would have pre- probably picked Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Judd Apatow, low key, is one of the best at romantic comedies. It's not even low key. He just is right. It's just his thing. So oh, I yeah. love that. I agree more. All right. I'm going to great characters. Oh, dude. Phenomenal. I mean, just want to quickly list like Kuno, right? (laughs) We got our list. Kuno. I'll just know. I'll just snow Jonah Hill, like very hilarious characters. They had a spinoff movie after this. Right. (laughs) That's true. Where Jonah, they just ignored who Jonah Hill played in the first movie. Just like completely ignored. him. I love that. Yeah, they were like, forget about that. You cannot play that for a whole movie, you psych. <laughs> uh, all right, on to my third pick. Uh, as I said before, uh, I'm, I'm reassessing right now. Yes, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go Knocked Up. I got to go Knocked Up. Now, it kind of finds it's the Judd Apatow family. Great chemistry between Rogan and Katherine Heigl. It's such an unexpected duo. And this is like the same year as Superbad. So you get Rogan and Superbad. He wrote Superbad. Right. And then you have, I believe it's 07, 08, 07. So then you, then you have obviously this, I think this is one of the most over, this is like mostly seen on the E network. I would say, I say it's up there with the most seen on E network. Accurate statement. In the movie, she works on the E network now. Yes, she does. And if I know anything about the E network, they love when they, if they show any type of movie, it's going to be a romantic comedy. So I'm going to go with knocked up as my third rounder. Accurate, accurate statement. Another great Apatow movie. Great pick. PKO. PKO. How interested are you in uh, Knocked Up? How many times have you seen it? Honestly, I've only seen it once. I'm not. Actually, I've seen it twice. I've seen it like recently. I've seen it once, though. Like I saw a long time ago. I do think it's funny. It's still just like definitely more comedy. Definitely giving me like super bad vibes. Like definitely much more comedy Mm. than romance. But I mean. It's still a great movie. Still really cute. Still really funny. Right. And I, I couldn't agree more. And Leslie Mann and her uh, relationship with Paul Rudd is one mm. of the greatest, the oh. great sub subplots of that movie. That's true. Paul Rudd's oh, great in excellent. that movie. Mm-hmm. That, the dinner scene of them too. <laughs> the, the, oh boy. The, the, scene, <laughs> the scene where uh, Paul Rudd, like she thinks he's, she, he's cheating on her. He's at his like fantasy, fantasy baseball draft. Right. Right. That was great. <laughs> Not even fantasy football, fantasy baseball. It's wearing like <laughs> Orioles uniform. <laughs> we have like another 40 rounds of this. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, all right. So that's my third pick, PKO. It is now up to you to finish the third round. All right. I think I got to follow the trend here in the third round and lead a little bit more towards the comedy. Definitely still romance, but this movie just has so many great scenes in it. And that is Friends with Benefits. You got Justin Timberlake, Mila Kunis, just all-star duo. Just make it so great to watch again and again. I, I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. And you know what? Woody Harrelson's low-key, like, great standout star in that movie. He has some funny-ass lines. Wow, we don't, we don't swear on this podcast, PKO. <laughs> <laughs> 
Woody Harrelson in a rom-com. Hilarious. Didn't they, Leave, didn't they make this movie twice that year? What was yes. the other movie that came out that was just like this one? No, no strings, strings attached. attached. No yeah. strings which attached. Is, which no, I actually... Mix. Oh, sorry. No, no, no I just... Interesting because Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher both star in that, and then like in each of those movies, so oh, that, kind right. of. Then they end up together in real life, kind of cute. I like it. Interesting. They don't bathe though. It's like a cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> Rom com cinematic universe, and like yeah. Natalie Portman was in No Strings Attached. What the hell? Yeah. Why? <laughs> That's just kind of crazy. It's just I wouldn't ever. Never I think that might have been after. I think that was after Black Swan, too, which is even more crazy to me. Uh, <laughs> that is nuts. Great observation, <laughs> PKL. That's great. Wow. Uh, she's on fire right now. So, uh, right. So, Peyton, PKO. I got to pick which one I'm going to choose. <laughs> like, I keep calling you both names. You're going to kick off the fourth round. Okay. I, just, I need one second to reevaluate a lot of my picks have been taken. I'm nervous for Let's this next see. pick. I'm still waiting on PKO to pick one in particular, two really, that I thought she would pick around this time for sure. Maybe earlier. So I'm waiting here. You know what? I got to go with another classic. And that is Jerry Maguire. Wow. Jerry Good Maguire. Man. And honestly, I, I wouldn't think. Oh, yeah. The music, the soundtrack alone of that movie qualifies. That is so, like... Very romantic for you and funny. Very romantic, in my opinion. But I think, yeah, you got... What's the little kid with the... How, do you know how big the human Jonathan Libnicki. Yeah. Yes, he cracks me up in that movie. And then, honestly, for the most part, you would think it's not too romantic. But then the end, when he's like, you complete me. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. Iconic. That's what you need in a, rom- like in a romantic comedy. You need the big, grand... Scene. That's why I loved Friends of Bennett's last round. You have them in Grand Central. Mm, the flash mob. And that's yeah, like... doesn't top that. The you complete me moment. And that and show me the money. The two most iconic scenes. Two of the most iconic scenes in cinematic history. Uh, and, they're both, and they're both in the same movie. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yes, they are in the same movie. That's a fact. <laughs> so you're a big Tom Cruise gal. Looks wise as well. Looks wise, yes. Holding up for you? <laughs> Decent amount. Decent amount. No, I always compare him to Rob Lowe. He's no Rob Lowe, who's also <laughs> big in rom coms <laughs> from that time period. <laughs> but they're both pretty comparable. So, yeah, I say he's been holding up. Okay. Great okay. pick, PKO. So now we're continuing the fourth round. It's now Dr. O's pick. And I'm going to go with a Ryan Reynolds movie. I'm going The Proposal. I'm going the proposal. I'm kind of shocked that it lasted until the fourth round. Also a favorite on the E network, Sandra Bullock in a rom-com with Ryan Reynolds, a duo we didn't know we needed. We didn't know we needed. And to see Sandra Bullock, like Ryan Reynolds, warm her heart throughout the movie and their relationship change, right? After having a fake relationship. And we can't forget about the best part of the movie, the one and only Betty White. Betty White, phenomenal. So proposal, fourth rounder. I agree that it's also surprising that it lasted to the fourth round. I actually was expecting Ricky to pick this one. Yeah. But I think so many funny moments in that. It actually has a lot of stars. And it was like Greg T. Nelson for yep. Dad, too. And about Oscar. Another. Oscar from The Office doing the stripper scene. And, yeah. 
<laughs> but but uh I'm picturing him dancing at the bachelorette party. Right, right. I they we uh, gotta say this on the podcast. <laughs> we gotta say this. This that's 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 just commented in the Zoom chat. I almost said R.I.P. Betty White. <laughs> I had to check. I had Dude, to do a Google search. Yeah. <laughs> good, thing you, good thing you held up after that. After your Shia LaBeouf outburst earlier, it's good that you held back a bit for this one. Yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I guess a little transition, but same movie, obviously. I actually saw this movie in theaters. Went on a little double date for this movie. I think I sat second row. Second row. Um, never do that I'll in a movie theater. 10. I was 11, 12, but yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was in complete shock at how much I enjoy it. And it holds up to this day. And the other thing I'll say in this movie, complete great. Like it's crazy how this man owns a town in Alaska, but also it's so believable because it's in Alaska. True. True. It's true. And the get low had a resurgence after this movie, for sure. Get low had a resurgence. Oh, yeah, wasn't sure that was going to be out there. I accidentally just swore if I could have brought that up, but that's excellent. Great <laughs> call. I was trying to hold myself back. PKO got very excited when I brought up that scene. So that's my fourth rounder. Nez, your fourth. All right. Um, my fourth rounder, I'm going to have to go with Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. It's a bit uh, a bit of a drama, too, but definitely has its uh, comedic aspects and, uh, and a very cool, I think, um, you know, romantic part of it. So, um, yeah, that's my that's my pick. Great actors. You know, we got a uh, Bradley Cooper. Um, why am I blanking on the name? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. De Niro. Yep, exactly. Chris Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> I keep going because I don't really know actors, <laughs> but it's it's a definitely I, a serious like movie. I, it's yeah. So what it, we talked about balancing the drama, like the the comedic aspect with the romantic. This is one that goes into another realm, which is the more dramatic side. I guess you could say romantic side, but there's also just straight up drama with uh, these independent characters in the movie with like, mm-hmm. uh, with Cooper and Lawrence, but. Uh, me and Ricky Flex actually did a late night drive in on this that's in the archives that we oh, might yeah. have to surface at some point. So uh, it was right. like a Saturday night. We're like, let's we got to do a movie review. We picked Silver Lines Playbook. Man, that movie, that movie's pretty rewatchable. And I think uh, it's one of the best from that year. I believe it got nominated for a Best Picture uh, Oscar. Yeah, bun- right. Yeah, a bunch of Oscar noms for that movie. And I think what's key that I might have mentioned before is you got to have the chemistry. And we know Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, they got it. Mm-hmm. Mm, they got it. The dancing helps, even though they're not the greatest dancers. Yeah, they really come through for this movie. Oh, the dance scene is amazing in that movie. And right. the, fact that, the fact that they're not great dancers is, like, perfect. Like, if it was, like... Pure oh, yeah. Holly- if it was pure Hollywood and you want to just like make the audience happy, they get a 9.8 on the scale. They win the trophy. But in mm-hmm. reality, they get a 6.4 and they're just like complete their character arcs. So it's like it is a really awesome movie from David O. Russell. Yeah. Right. And he has yeah, the, the movie wouldn't be as good if he went full Travolta. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's running in the trash bag. It's, it's so good. And uh yeah, like the gambling and that from De Niro just makes the comedic aspect through the roof to match the drama here. So love the pick. 
yeah. I, I can't ignore what Nez said. You kind of snuck under PKO's comment there. He said John Travolta would have made this movie terrible. He's too good of a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, Good yeah. Point. He would have taken the comedy right out of it, which is key in rom-coms. Hence the mm-hmm. That's true. The He's terrible at comedy. He's not good at it. <laughs> He's really bad. Oh, sight wild hogs. Um, so end of the fourth round, Ricky Flex, your pick. All right. I'm going to go with my Apatow movie, Four-Year-Old Virgin. Arguably the best out of the bunch so that we've taken here. But that's going to be mine. Uh, definitely a unique spin on rom-coms and the one that started the Apatow, the Apatow, uh, like his whole career, kind of like as in his own creative mindset, kind of. So I'm going to go with that one first before I wrap it up here. Interesting. This is heavy comedy. This is heavy comedy. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, you're you're I, saying I, I, mean, that's heavy comedy, but you picked Knocked Up? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they have a yeah, cool thing. Is she has a relationship. This, yeah, but I feel That's like not, not, I mean, I feel 40 year old virgin. It's like knocked up. It's a lot of male, female on the screen. 40 year old virgin. It's a lot of Steve Carell trying to get laid by his boys. Like they like try to help him out. You know what I mean? No, but there's That's an underlying. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's, it's more of a comedy like uh, compared to romantic, like rom-com. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, about balance right. here. I'm yes. not, I'm not saying it's not, you can't pick it. I'm just saying. It's just a, a lot of comedy. Okay. Okay. I agree with that. Which makes it good for one of the later rounds. It's not so 50-50. It's more like 65-35. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. mean to come in so hard, harsh there. It sounded <laughs> like a veto was coming in, and I was no, going to. No, 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 gonna... not at all. Okay. but Although, <laughs> what, what, how do we consider a veto? Like, it's just like, I feel like if it's a good, the thing with vetoes, I feel like if it's a good pick, like if it's a rom-com, like it's like people will think, oh, yep, that's a rom-com. And if it's not right. a rom-com, you just don't get the votes. You know what I mean? It's usually like it's, if you're picking the same thing as somebody else, like Buffalo Sauce. Oh, oh, yeah. God. oh my God. Let's not go there. Okay. Let's just not go there. Two cents in that. Oh, sauce, Buffalo Sauce, completely different. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh well, my God. You're, you're, oh. you're about you're about seven but, weeks too late. <laughs> sir- <laughs> Sriracha. I heard this like all week going on but sriracha i think would be as similar to hot sauce as buffalo is that's my two no sense. i think it's wow. the same oh my god this is okay. interesting i i, I, I don't I'm know not, what dr o paid you to say that i'm not i'm not going back in nothing i'll pay you double <laughs> <laughs> all right uh ricky books kick off the fifth round okay i have big boards deep i didn't think it was going to be this deep for rom-coms i don't consider my myself a connoisseur like PKO does. There's a lot to choose from. Yeah, there, there are a lot. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm going to go with. Uh, the Wedding Singer. <gasps> Great Sandler. soundtrack, too. And I oh, yeah, an... that's what makes them. Oh, yeah. And Adam Sandler on my board as well now. So I feel like I got some great leads in each of my movies. And I know 51st Days was picked already. And some might say they like that better. I love this soundtrack too. Uh, uh, I love 51st Day soundtrack, but I do like the Wedding Singer soundtrack better. So I'm going to lean that movie over 51st Days, but that'll be my last pick here. Whenever I think of that movie, I don't know why. I always just think of that one scene where he's just like, somebody kill me, please. (laughs) Somebody please. Mind. John, I'll say that on the way to work on a Monday, I'll just be hearing that in my head. 
<laughs> it's a way to get traffic. Someone has their window down. <laughs> <laughs> you would be both, pal. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I, I, I like can- it. Good. Great. Sandler Loki makes good, good uh, romantic comedies. He actually does. Yeah. There's some great cameos in that too, like Billy Idol. Yeah, like yeah, the Billy Idol yeah. cameo is great. And there's a bunch of other ones, but yeah, and don't wear my Van Halen shirt. Should have gotten. <laughs> uh, we should have voted for that Billy Idol scene for best music moments in movies draft. Oh, that would have been good. Oh, we could have another one of those. Honestly, we, there's so many to draft. We could just keep right. dra- we could keep having that draft. As much as we want. We should do sequel drafts. That's not bad. Um, All right. Uh, Moving on with the fifth round. Nezd. All right. I'm going to go with the the classic here. Um, I'm not sure if I wasn't paying attention. I think we might have only teased this, didn't it? Did anybody draft Sleepless in Seattle? No. All right. I'm drafting Sleepless in Seattle. I think that's a classic movie. That's a great, great rom-com. One that I saw over and over on cable television while doing chores with my mother growing up. Um, it, it's an absolute classic. It's and uh, a very interesting and unique story, and a, a nice t- like spin on romantic comedy. So that's my pick here. Strong value, strong value in the fifth round. You're getting a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan romantic comedy in the fifth round. That's that's actually nuts. It slipped to that. I actually put this a little bit on PKO, mm-hmm. I, although she already has one of those movies. I can't believe she let it get to this this stage. <laughs> I will, yeah. I mean, you got to go with what would be right with the balance, but then it's also like personal decisions. So I feel like that has to have like a little bit of say. But one thing I will say about this movie, it's really what I think most people you think of that one and then another one that I'll wait to the end to say. <laughs> but this- Good. She's learning, folks. She's learning. This one's like really, I feel like when you think of rom-coms, you think of Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks at the top of, was it the Empire State Building at the mm-hmm. end of this? So yeah, oh, yeah. It's just like a all-time classic rom-com scenes, like comes right to my mind. Excellent choice. All right. So got the stamp of approval. That rounds out Nez's draft. It's now to Dr. O and I am torn people. I am torn. Got a couple. I got one that will please uh, PKO. I got one that's my one of my favorites. Not necessarily the best movie, but it's one of my favorites. And then I got one classic. This is tough. Uh, it's heavy decision making. This is tough. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assessing my board really quick before I decide. Um, I got a strong. I have a strong draft. Like this will be a complete draft if I get this last one. Slapshot Regatta. Wow, he did it. Slapshot Regatta. She's out of my league. <laughs> I had to go that with that. That was my favorite. I went with my heart. Um, not the best movie, but Jay Baruchel, Alice Eve, anyone who likes Entourage, uh, you 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 must love this movie with Alice Eve. Only one that could uh actually reel in Vinny Chase. And then uh TJ Miller is awesome <laughs> in this yeah. movie. An- and another then, person uh, a little canceled right now. Yeah, a little canceled. <laughs> Little canceled, Tough. and then uh, Jay Ruch- Jay Baruchel's brother is great in it too. I don't I don't know his name, very recognizable face. But that's how I'm going to round up my draft. I was the band between this one for my fifth pick as well. Um, I had a couple other ones I was I was uh, thinking about, but this was definitely like w- one of the first names I put down on my big board, as in just like off the top of my head, what I thought of. Great movie. And th- this one shows like hockey love. 
So, like, if it shows hockey love, obviously Jerry, Jay Baruchel is a huge hockey fan, for those who don't know. Um, so, I'm happy I got that one. So, to round out our draft overall, PKO. Uh, 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 here you go. I'm also, I'm, also, I'm also debating here. Let's see. Uh, okay. I think I got to seal the deal with Mamma Mia. <laughs> a musical. First or second? Oh, good decision. First. First. And Ricky Flicks. Do I smell a veto? So I, I was it. wondering if that was going to come in. Okay. This, so I would say this is a musical. So, but there so are on PKO, you, I know this is your first time on. I want to give you the better of the, the doubt. But if you're picking this, I would have picked a different musical, arguably 1-1 one, one overall. Oh, but I thought it was a musical, so it wasn't going to count. Oh, my gosh. We can't. I don't okay. know. If, if and like, it's like well, the last pick. You could say it. Yeah. So Greece, I have backups. People. So Greece. If I was going to pick Greece, if musicals were That's included in this, arguably oh, one man. one. I so think, I, I feel I feel like we're doing disrespect to Greece if we have Mama Mia on here and we don't veto this pick. Right. To so, be honest. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll throw well, out. I am throwing. I'm throwing a veto. veto. Okay. Two vetoes. Two I'm vetoes so sorry to our guest PKO. But History. a musical. Wow, History. the first ever guest veto. First ever guest to get vetoed. Your younger sister. I'm not surprised. I did. Oh. I can't say I'm surprised either. That, that <laughs> was out of respect for John Travolta and Olivia Newton John. Is that a respect for their I work? think it's I, perfectly fine. It's on my big board. But hey. You had Mama Mia over Greece. Well. I appreciate it. It's a it's a two-thirds majority. The panel spoken. Okay. Just again. I need a minute. I'm still shocked. Mom I wrote down. Gonna, Mom and dad are not going to be happy with us, Ricky. When they hear that we vetoed. I wrote down two names, PKO, that I thought you would pick, and I'm just shocked that neither one of them is on well, your board right I'm now. I'm tossed between two, these two, and I feel like one or both are definitely on that list. All right, so. give it to us. What's your last pick? Mm, I think I'm going to have to go with. I think I'm gonna have to go with Never Been Kissed. Drew Barry. All right. Great pick. Yep, that's was that, that, your, was that, that was one of the two. That was one yeah. of the two. I was torn. Can I, I say the that. other honorable mention and see if it was on your list? Yeah. Go ahead, Pigao. Serendipity. Yes. <laughs> and then there's another one in the distance, but I knew you wouldn't pick it for a top five. But please, Never Been Kissed. I know you're a big fan of this movie. Please speak to us about it. Oh well. This one, you got David Arquette, too. He's the one that really draws in the humor. I think he really brings it. And, I mean, actually, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, the, the brownie scene, I mean, yep. you can't tell me that that's was great. hilarious. <laughs> yep. I, w- I was debating Archie. this pick. I was, I was debating this pick, but also it's just I was thinking, like, this movie's a little creepy because they're, like, older people going back to right. high school. And, like, David Arquette's character kind of creepy. And then, but it's, like, then Drew Barrymore is playing a student who's trying to like hook up with her teacher. It's, it's just kind of it's an awkward vibe a little bit, but it's still very funny. And I, I, I literally was, I was debating between that and uh, pretty woman as my, for my, I think pick. the awkward, I, I think the awkward moments. Mm. I know. Not funny. I feel like it's for the older generation. Yeah. And, and, I don't think it has enough humor to be honest. Since we're talking about honorable mentions, let me just run through the draft and then we'll throw out any names. We definitely missed a few. There's a bunch of rom-coms. So Ricky flicks, 10 things I hate about you. Hitch. There's something about Mary, 
40-year-old virgin, and the wedding singer. Nez has Love Actually, 51st States, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Silver Linings Playbook, and Sleepless in Seattle. Dr. Rowe has Crazy Rich Asians, Crazy Stupid Love, Knocked Up, The Proposal, She's Out of My League, and then PKO rounds us out with You Got Mail, Notting Hill, Friends with Benefits, Jerry Maguire, and Never Been Kissed. Uh, Nez, do you have any uh, honorable mentions you want to list here? Yeah, quite a few. I'm going to start with uh, we got Trainwreck, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I thought Um, you were picking that. I thought you were going to pick it. I almost did. And I said, you know what? Let me go with an ad over like a real classic here. Uh, She's all that. Surprised that didn't get. Oh, excellent movie. Yeah. (laughs) Excellent. It was on my big board. Didn't have it though. Princess Bride, uh, Coming to America, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Another classic I've seen a couple of times. My friends can be pissed I didn't pick that one. That's my favorite. Uh, shout, shout out, Hannah. Shout out, Hannah. Uh, Juno. Mm. Shrek. We're doing it. Shrek. Arguably. Arguably. Oh, that would have been a veto. There's two, there's two love storylines intertwined with it. Honorable Donkey and the Dragon. Roll. You know? And uh, Shrek and Fiona. And then uh, She's the Man. She's the man. Oh, she's the wow, man. What a throwback. Great Channing movie. Tatum, second appearance on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Ricky, Fle- uh, Ricky Flex, do you have any honorable mentions you want to list here? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, if, if I thought Dr. O, I thought when you were saying Apatow, I thought you were going to go with the big sick, and I was going to. On my list. Was on oh, my list. She, the that other was group. Great movie. Of, that was on a lot of, of, of lists that I was looking at on the internet as like a top one. It's just that the, so per- the girl's in a coma for most of the movie. So that's what I would have said oh. if someone did wow, pick he was it. Already pre- Flick was already preparing his defense or his. No, his I wasn't. I wasn't going to pick it. But I thought of that when Dr. Rowe here or when Dr. Rowe said he's picking an Apatow movie. So I thought oh, he was please. picking that because I know he loves that movie. But some more on my big uh, some on my big board. Uh, Long shot. Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron movie. Uh, I actually really love that movie. Um, Palm Springs. Palm Springs, I think it's different than Groundhog Day, where they are on screen together like the whole time almost. So I think that would have counted, at least for me. 16 Candles. Um, and then When Harry Met Sally, Failure to Launch. That would have been on most lists. That would have right. been most lists. Yeah. Failure to Launch. And failure to Launch, Terry Bradshaw. Um, Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Uh, uh, Connie as a jerk just doesn't seem right, so I didn't want to pick it. And then Just Friends and definitely maybe a couple of Ryan Reynolds movies. Oh, definitely maybe really has my heart. I'm oh, yeah. not a Just Friends guy. Interesting. Interesting. A PKO, I thought you were going to take definitely maybe. I had it in there, but I thought it would get vetoed for not having enough comedy. But there are some really funny moments. There are. There like, definitely are. Also, some really lows where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch it. There are lows. Uh, so much. Well, don't worry. You still got vetoed anyway, so... <laughs> We're going to get so much right. crap for that. Uh, Can PKO. I give? Yeah. Yeah. Honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of this movie, but Something Borrowed, great rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Kate Hudson is the one that adds the humor, but other than that, not a ton of humor. So I didn't have it too high out there, but overall, one of my top faves. And <laughs> the boys are going to laugh, but About Last Night, nice classic movie, Rob Lowe, Demi Moore. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, Clueless. Yep. Really enjoyed yep. that one. Paul Rudd also in that. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and 13 going on 30. I was the third one I was mentioning. Hey. I'm shocked. I really, I really Shocking. was this close to I, fifth round. Really had me stumped as a you know, <laughs> choose here. I just stumped. <laughs> uh, any other ones, Pico? I got one last one. Uh, no strings attached, which we mentioned earlier. Right. Ashton Kutcher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreman. And great, Na- great, great. I was going to say great debut for PKO. Very nicely done in our Solid. first draft. Snaps, snaps, snaps. Appreciate uh, and, it, boys. Uh, Flix, what were you going to say? And one last one. I forgot to mention uh, what happens in Vegas. That one's on TV uh, a lot. I actually do. I've grown a liking to that movie. And yeah, I used to watch that a lot. It was on TV a lot. Cameron mm. Diaz, Ashton Kutcher. What a duo. Um, and then I just want to go uh, Pretty Woman We Missed. Needed to be drafted. Uh, I also had Fever Pitch. We're at Red Sox fans. No fever pitch. Wow. Uh, Didn't dress- think of that. 27 dresses. 27 dresses. Uh, I- iconic Elton John Another scene. top favorite of mine. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. I think, do we imagine Pretty in Pink? No. no. Pretty in Pink, uh, Say Anything. Oh, no, Say Anything. Come on, guys. No. I'm, I'm was, yo, could, uh, could Wedding Crashers be drafted in this draft? <laughs> I was thinking about that. The it. duo movie. Like, Coming to America, I, I didn't... I didn't picture that and uh, coming yeah. to America more as rom-coms, well, more like a duo. I know, but I picture that more as a duo thing. But I understand the thing. Heavy comedy, heavy comedy. Um, and then I had Groundhog Day and Bull Durham. I had those on there. Uh, all right. I think that does it for the draft here. Top billing draft. Thanks again to PKO for uh, showing up for this draft. It's one that we've been heavily anticipating Right, we wanted Peyton to join for a long time. Thank you for joining the uh, drive-in family. That's going to do it for episode fifty-five O for the drive-in podcast. Make sure you're following us, following us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're at the drive-in pod. Make sure uh, let us know that you're listening. Screenshot it, put it on your story. We'll share it and we'll give you a shout out on the pod. Thank you again for listening. We will smell you.